In this edition of Locked On Capitals, Matt Weirich joins us once again as we talk about the inconsistent play of the Capitals this year, season. The Caps are now 2-5 and five this month and just lost to the Lightning by a score of 3-6 to six after beating them Friday by a score of 5-1. to one. What changed? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we're happy to have Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington back on the show. Matt, welcome. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. So let's just get going in here. This Washington Capitals team is one a bit of a hard team to figure. On Friday, they beat them handily by a score of 5-1. to one, And then last night, they lose by a score of 3-6. to six. What changed? I mean, if you take a look at the lineups, the only real difference I saw was Nicholas Abe-Kubel out, Connor McMichael in. So what gives? Yeah, you know, I think that the Lightning just came out as the more aggressive team there. They obviously jump ahead to that four to nothing lead in the first period. And, you know, from there, it was pretty much Caps trying to play catch up and they never really climbed back into it. This was a, a kind of a, you know, angry lightning team having just been embarrassed there in DC with the Capitals, of course, getting that big hit uh, from Nicholas Abe Kubel, who was suspended, of course, for that hit, the blind side one. Uh, and, you know, after that, this is Lightning team, which is a very good team. It's a team that's been to the Stanley Cup each of the last three years. They were determined. They know how to respond for moments like that, and they showed it. While the Capitals, they looked like they were coasting out there a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, too much of resting on their laurels, and, and ultimately uh, they paid the price for it. So they're going to have to now come back uh, here with an upcoming stretch of games this week uh, and try to prove that they are still in the hunt uh, for a playoff spot in that Eastern Conference, which right now is pretty muddled. Yeah, I mean, I was. it's so surprising. It seems to me like a team that is lacking uh, an identity. A veteran of the team, Lars Eller, said that the Caps play was arrogant and said it was complete horse poop. I'll leave it at that. He said, and today we were casual, almost a little arrogant. It was tough to watch, tough to be a part of, Eller said, adding it was disappointing. It's not what I think our true identity is. So that's the question. You know, I listened to in the beginning of the year, I listened to all the Caps insiders. I listened to you and Sammy Silver and Samantha Pell and all of them, Tarek Elbashir. And everyone's consensus was, was that this was a bubble team. And I wanted to think, you know, based on the big moves, picking up Connor Brown and Darcy Kemper and all these moves, that maybe they'd be bigger and better than that. But as it turns out, you guys were right. And as it stands right now, they are a bit of a bubble team. Is, is that your assessment of this team? And where do you see them going forward? Do they have enough in tank in the tank right now to go anywhere this year? I think they've definitely played 
it right now. And, you know, we talk about the identity of this team. It's hard for them to forge an identity with all of the injuries that they've had to this point. If you look uh, over at moneypuck.com, you can see all the different line groupings uh, that have played this year across the NHL. And there's been, uh, I believe, over 70 this season that have played at least 50 minutes together. The Caps only have two forward lines uh, that have played together all that time, and one of them being their fourth line. So, you know, they really haven't, among that top six, top nine forwards, haven't been able to generate a lot of chemistry. I believe we're going to see Sonny Milano moving up to the top line uh, in this upcoming game tomorrow against the Panthers. So that's going to be a brand new combination there with him playing across Movechkin. So, you know, they really haven't been able to generate this identity. It's been hard to say what this team is capable of because we just haven't seen it. But if you look at the, the fact, the reality is, they are right there in the middle of the Eastern Conference. Nobody has really been able to pull away. The Caps are just one point out of a playoff spot if the season were to end today. So all they have to do really is stay afloat. You know, they're getting guys like TJ Oshie and Tom Wilson back. Maybe Nicholas Backstrom makes an impact down the line. Uh, you know, what this team looks like once those guys are in the lineup, it's certainly going to be better than what they have now. So you think that if they can at least hang around until then, maybe they have a chance uh, to move up where teams like the Penguins are struggling with pretty much their whole roster intact. So that's at least a good sign that the Capitals might be able to put together a second half run if they can just hang around 500 long enough uh, to still be in it, you know, once these guys are ready. Yeah, and they got back a really big play, uh, person in John Carlson. You know, like we talked about all the different injuries on this team, just to kind of recap them all. John Carlson is back. Dimitri Orloff uh, is day-to-day. TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, Beck Malenstein, Connor Brown, Carl Hagelin, Oh my, they really are kind of starting to stack up here. And one of the things that I looked at was that Dmitry Orlov is truly one of the only players that's listed as day-to-day. You are an insider. You are someone that covers this team on a daily basis. Has the status of TJ Oshie changed? And one of the last things I heard, I heard that TJ Oshie uh, is not day-to-day anymore. Did I read that incorrectly? Someone kind of brought this to my attention on YouTube. Is there anything that you know more about uh, the status of TJ Oshie. Oshie is still listed as out indefinitely. Now he's on injured reserve. So that's kind of the status quo. They haven't put an exact timeline on his return, but he did return to practice uh, in a limited capacity last week. Didn't uh, make it out there for any of the optional skates the rest of the way. So we've really only seen him take the ice once. It was in you know a kind of a pre-practice setting, wasn't going full speed. So I would guess that he is still not necessarily close to returning. He did not travel with the team uh, on this three-game road trip that they're on. So the earliest that he could return uh, is this week, this weekend. But I highly doubt uh, he would be back for that first game. So I think we're looking at next week at the earliest. But really, it's all kind of up in the air and, and, and depends on his timeline. So Dmitry Orlov, he did, while he's on IR, uh, he did travel with the team and could is eligible to return now. Uh, I would not be surprised if he's activated tomorrow, but we'll see uh, if he comes out for morning skate. That's going to kind of be a big determiner because they will have to make a roster move uh, in order to activate him. Yeah, one of the things that John Carlson had said is he said after the the Caps beat the Lightning on Friday is we can beat any team we want to when we want to. I'm paraphrasing it. And then they fall flat on Sunday. But to your point, you know, you can't overlook the injuries. The injuries are killing the Caps, as you probably read there, played the last little bit with a collective $40 million in salaries on the shelf. So you know, you take a look at a lot of these big players, TJ Oshie and Tom Wilson. For me, taking a look at it, Tom Wilson is the one of the greatest impact that's missing from this team. 
you know, there's a lot of teams that are kind of really testing this team as far as the physical game is concerned. You saw Maroon want to mix it up, and all of a sudden, Irwin is a fighter. Tell me if you saw Irwin being a fighter. If you saw that, you should probably bet more in Las Vegas. I never saw that, but I think to a certain extent, you're starting to have to see these guys emerge as fighters because Tom Wilson is what I would revere is the sheriff of the Washington Capitals. And at the end of the day, you push my guys around. I'm going to have a shift with you sooner or later, and you're going to have to answer to me. They don't have that on the ice. You take a look at it, Garnet Hathaway to a certain extent, but he almost seems to get overpowered because everyone gangs up on him. Who is the true tough guy on this team that's going to hold these guys at bay? Because I don't want to pigeonhole Tom Wilson as just this goon, this tough guy. Maroon and Ryan Reeves have that role locked down. Tom Wilson is a legitimate goal scorer, 20-plus goals. Who is going to be that tough guy that says, you're not pushing this team around? Yeah, you know, I think it's still kind of up for debate as to who takes over that role. As you said, Tom Wilson, definitely more than just an enforcer. Uh, Garnett Hathaway has been... I would say the player who's both most been involved uh, in little skirmishes, things like that, uh, dropping the gloves so far. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're kind of looking for a lot of different places. I mean, we saw this earlier in the year uh, against the Ottawa Senators is a game that really stood out to me is Caps going against a younger team that kind of had its way with the Capitals getting away with some big hits that maybe with Tom Wilson on the ice, that might not have been the case. Uh, and the Capitals were a little bit slow to respond. They still tend to rack up the hits, and I think that the addition of Nicholas Abe-Kubel from the Maple Leafs we saw in the playoffs last year, he made a big impact for the Avalanche uh, down the stretch there. Despite not scoring a single goal in the playoffs, uh, he still led the team in hits throughout the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. So, you know, he was out there making an impact in the physicality side of the game, and and that counts, that matters. Uh, And we saw with the Capitals immediately putting him on the third line as soon as they acquired him, that was a, a big role for him right off the bat. So losing him to a quick suspension, obviously not optimal for this team as they're still looking, as we said, to build that identity and find those guys who are going to step up in Wilson's absence because it's going to be at least another month before we see him back on the ice. Yeah, and that's what I've heard too, is that if this the Caps team is waiting for a lot of these players to come back, they're going to sink way down the standing. So they've got to find a way to rise above. I think they have the players in-house. They just have to make the most of them. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about Connor McMichael and what his future is with the team. And then we'll talk about the Capitals' netminding situation. Despite the poor play of the team at times, the netminding has been their saving grace. We'll talk about that after the break. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've ever thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Capital listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. I had an issue where someone broke into my home. Simply Safe dispatched the police and took care of the situation. 
In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents, agents used Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fire, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so you don't want to wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined once again by Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington, and we take a look at the inconsistent play on this team. You know, it's funny, last year, the biggest inconsistency on the team was net mining. It seems like the Caps took care of that, and now everything else is inconsistent. We take a look at the play of Darcy Kemper last night. He got pulled early. It's my assessment that he got pulled more of as a momentum change. Um, I think that, you know, he had a couple bad bounces. Um, I don't put this squarely on his shoulder. I think that the Caps kind of played a little bit poorly in front of him. So oftentimes they do that just to kind of say, we're going to try to change things up. And, you know, to a certain extent, it seemed to work as Charlie Lindgren came in and saved 24 of 25. You watched the game last night and have watched this Capitals goaltending tandem. What are your thoughts on Darcy Kemper? I think if it wasn't for Kemper and Lindgren, they would have lost some of those games by even a larger margin. I think you're absolutely right, Dan. I mean, if you really want to point to the MVPs of this young season so far for the Caps, it's got to be Alex Ovechkin and Darcy Kemper. Kemper's made 13 starts so far and has proven to be every bit of the goalie that they expected him to be when they signed him over the offseason. Uh, you know, coming in, making over $5 million, being a, a reigning Stanley Cup champion, there was a lot of expectations on his shoulders, and it wasn't like he was in the situation that Vitek and, and Ilya Samsonov were in last year where one had to earn the spot over the other. The keys to the car were handed to Kemper, and they said, we're going to follow you all the way through. And, and that's been very true. I mean, Kemper started almost as many games as anybody in the NHL thus far, uh, and he's been very effective. And, you know, I just wrote a piece that went up on NBCSportsWashington.com on the play of these goaltenders thus far this year, breaking it down. And and Kemper, you know, he's faced the most odd man rushes of any goaltender in the all of NHL this year, yet he saved over four goals over expected. You know, that's a bit of really impressive feat for him just to be as sturdy as he's been in this team. As you mentioned, you know, he gets pulled yesterday, but there were some unlucky bounces. Two of the goals he allowed bounced off of, uh, Capitals players into the goal. So that's just really unfortunate for him. Uh, they pull Lindgren. He comes in and, and he's been pretty you know effective as well. He's got a little bit more inflated numbers than Kemper does. But if you look at some of the opponents that he's faced this year, I mean, it's teams like the Maple Leafs. It's team like the Lightning, uh, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, you know, very high caliber teams, offensive firepower that he's going up against and still putting up pretty solid numbers. And the team overall, I would say, has some of the better goaltending uh, in the NHL right now. 
Yeah, and just a real a saving grace on this team. You know, the biggest thing I've heard about it, and I would say it's true, is the Capitals' power play. The Capitals are 0 for 15 on the power play over the past three games, 0 for 5 last night after going 4 for 5 on the power play versus Edmonton on Monday. So again, it just seems like it kind of vacillates back and forth that they can kind of find their groove and then sometimes they can't. You know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here when I say the Caps need to play better five on five. Is that what you think their biggest struggle is? And, you know, when they are uh, playing a five on five hockey or say they go on the power play, they never kind of converge and score a goal on it. We take a look at the game last night. Uh, the when they were on the PK, the Lightning were on the PK. It was stifling for on that Capitals team. Tell me a little bit about the Caps and their uh, not being able to execute uh, five on five. Yeah, you know the Caps are getting off the amount of shots that you would expect a potent offensive team to do. I mean they they haven't necessarily been running into a lot of traffic in the neutral zone. Not not generating clean entries and, and failing to generate chances. Those chances have been there. It really has been the finish, and it kind of goes back to. Uh, what you mentioned earlier with John Carlson's quote saying, you know, we can hang with anybody. That's true. The Caps have only lost by three goals or less all season. They haven't really been blown out. You know, the, those weird goals at the end of that lightning game last night kind of prevented it from being a blowout. But for the most part, the other two games that they did lose by three goals, those were empty netters that made it uh, a three-point deficit as opposed to two. So uh, for the most part, the Capitals have hung in there with every team they played and been able to play up to the level of competition. It's just been finishing. And I think I think that really comes down to, you know, obviously execution with the players, but also just generating the chemistry, you know, knowing where to be on a player, uh, you know, on a rush, trying to, to make that extra pass, knowing oh, I'm, he's not going to be open. I've got to, you know, shoot the puck now. You know, I've seen time and time again, uh, Kuznetsov and Shiri going down the ice, two guys who up until this year really haven't had a lot of chances to skate together, you know, n- just not being in sync on a lot of those plays. You know, that's something that just comes with time. And those two guys really didn't even spend time together in training camp working on these things because Connor Brown was skating with the top line. So, you know, this is this is kind of what we're seeing in real time here with this Capitals team of figuring themselves out and trying to adjust on the fly because, you know, these games count now. They have no choice uh, but to try and get out there and, and score as often as they can. And so far, it, it's kind of been uh, a bit of a work in progress for this offense. Yeah, and so, you know, the Capitals, they went out and they kind of tried to solidify uh, some of these open holes on the roster. They went out and signed Sonny Milano, who you talked about in the beginning of the show. Just a really great pickup for this Capitals team. A bit of a diamond in the rough, if you will. Kind of reminds me when they signed uh, Brett Conley or uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly all those years ago. So Brian McClellan and company, they have a great eye for that. So the question now is, is what does that mean for Connor McMichael? It seems like he's always looking for his opportunity. And then when the opportunity presents itself, say someone gets injured, it gets snatched away from him. Um, I got to say that when he does play out there as of late, he hasn't always... Um, you know, really shown up on the score sheet. He hasn't really shown why he should be there. I suppose that's why he's not getting these roles. So with Connor McMichael, do you think that he would be better served to play in Hershey where he can develop his game? You got to think sitting up in the press box and being a healthy scratch is not helping his development. Yeah, you know, there's certainly a case to be made there. And, you know, I've asked Peter Laviolette about that before. And, you know, he's talked about how important it is. You know, there's there's two sides of that coin that he thinks that being around this team is also you know, providing him uh, with with some learning experiences as well. I do agree. I, th- I think that w- with you, I mean, I, I think that, you know, sending him down to Hershey to play every day uh, certainly can't hurt this stage, especially considering he is still uh, waiver exempt. So the Capitals won't risk exposing him to other teams by sending him down. Uh, you know, 
he, he's one of the youngest players in the NHL right now, and he's, he's sitting out there on a night-to-night basis getting starts here and there. And when he does, he really hasn't been making much of an impact. I mean, in five games this year, he has one shot on goal. You know, the Capitals uh, have talked about when they put McMichael out there, they're looking for him to show him something. And that doesn't mean, you know, getting into a fight and going to the penalty box, which he has done uh, on uh, one occasion this year. You know, it's more, you know, what are you going to do offensively? You know, Sonny Milano has showed up and immediately, you know, even on plays that he wasn't necessarily finishing, was at least showing some style, showing some flash uh, of the potential that he can have as a scorer. That's what we are supposed to be seeing from Conor Michael. That's supposed to be his best attribute uh, is his playmaking abilities. And so far, he's kind of been silent on that front. And I think that is probably the biggest reason why you'd want to send him down so that he can get more comfortable, make some of those plays against lower competition, and then come back up to the NHL uh, a little bit more polished. Because it seems like, you know, every time he gets in there, this is his great chance and then kind of just falls flat. You know, that was kind of the same thing for Hendrick Slop here. So that's my contention with that is, you know, when these guys get their opportunity, and I know it's been in a limited sample size, they have to make the most of it. You know, I will say one thing about Connor McMichael is he is a bit of a lightning rod. If I say anything disparaging about him on this podcast, people will say, you can't, you know, cut him down. He hasn't had enough opportunities. I get that. But if he doesn't, you know, live up to his potential, as an everyday NHL player, then I think he would be best served uh, down in Hershey where he can get some regular playing time. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the play of Evgeny Kuznetsov and Anthony Mantha and where do they fit in at the end of all of this. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you can bet on up upcoming Capitals games, so it makes it that much more exciting. So go to Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined by Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. So the next player I'm going to talk about is a player that's always really hot and cold, and that's Evgeny Kuznetsov. As of late... He's kind of been playing a little bit better. Evgeny Kuznetsov now has points in three of his last four games with six points over that span. What is your thoughts on Evgeny Kuznetsov? I know that last year he kind of had a breakout year, and then the year before that he was on the trade block. It seems like a guy that's kind of really struggling for an identity or consistency anyway. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you want to talk about a guy who's really struggled to finish plays, Kuznetsov is probably at the center of it. I mean, he's he's been generating opportunities, and, and even though he he took a while to score his first goal, he was racking up some assists, so he was making plays. He was getting involved in the mix, but he's also, you know, with, with TJ Oshie out, with uh, Nicholas Backstrom out, with Tom Wilson out, he is a guy who is really important to this Capitals team in terms of generating offense. Uh, and, and after we saw what he did last year, there were a lot of expectations for him this season, no doubt. Uh, and he was paired up with, with Alex Ovechkin, which he had really not been as much as he had that season in years past. 
uh, and, and that seemed to really work. But then they came out of the gate and they just weren't scoring like they were expected. So Kuzi got bounced down to the second line. He was also bounced off the top power play unit. And he's gone back and forth since then. Uh, as Peter Laviolette and the Capitals coaching staff have tried to get him going. So ultimately, he's done a little bit better in these last few games, and it's definitely been encouraging to see him take those steps forward. But overall, the body of work has not been what we come come to expect from Kuznetsov, especially coming off a career year like he had last season. Yeah, and the Capitals expect, and they need a lot more out of him as he is the top-line center most of the time anyway. Um, you know, with Nick Backstrom out and, you know, just a myriad of injuries, it's, you know, they got to get these players to score because they're not getting it from a lot of the other players because they're out of the the lineup on a, a night-to-night basis. Another big player that is kind of really hot and cold is Anthony Mantha, who they got in that Jacob Verona deal. You know, it just seems like when he first came to this team, he kind of went on a scoring rampage and then it, it uh, dissipated. But Anthony Mantha, it, you know, he acknowledged that he needs to score a lot more, but uh, as much needed after ending a seven game gold drought against Arizona. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Anthony Mantha, good skater. He's got a good shot, but he just seems to be very hot and cold. Uh, what is the future plans for Anthony Mantha in this lineup? Yeah, you know, they've given him every opportunity to emerge uh, as a potential top six forward on this team. Uh, like we said, with all of these guys out, there are opportunities there for guys to step up. And Mantha is is someone the team has looked to to do it. And, and I think hot and cold is a perfect way to describe it. You know, he, when he disappears, he disappears from the stat sheet altogether. He's really not even getting very many shots off. Uh, we seem to not see his line overall uh, do very well. Him and Eller have been paired up mostly this year. And and that line has kind of disappeared at times. But uh, when they are clicking, I really like the Eller and Mantha combo. I think that they have shown some good chemistry, and, and maybe that's something they can build off moving forward. Uh, but for right now, I would say that you know he does need to show that consistency. He's got one more year left on his deal. The Capitals obviously gave up a promising young player in Vrana, along with a first-round pick to get him. So uh, they invested a lot of capital in him being a big part of this team. And so far, uh, we've seen him at his best. We, as you mentioned, when they first acquired him, he went on a nice t- stretch last season down the stretch. He he really did well, but then didn't uh, score a single goal in the playoffs. Uh, so they need him to be more consistent and to be the guy uh, that they hoped they acquired when they gave up a lot of assets to get him. Yeah, and uh, we hope that we can get that from him. But one of the the pleasant surprises for me, and I'm sure it is for you and all Caps fans, is the fourth line always gets great production. It was Hagelin, Dowd, and Hathaway before Hagelin got injured. Uh, They always get some great production down there. Beck Malenstein came in to play left wing on the fourth line and slid in front of a puck and got injured. The fourth line was going along so well until all the injuries started to stack up. Who do you see being that fourth line left wing on a night in, night out basis? Do you think it's going to be uh, Sonny Milano? Do you think it's going to be Kubel? Who do you see filling that role? Well, like you said, it has changed a lot uh, so far this year. We've seen Joe Snively in that spot. We've seen Beck Malenstein in that spot. Obviously, it's the Carl Haglund spot. Uh, but he is not going to be making a return anytime soon. It looks like they're giving Alexi Protus a shot there, and and I, I really like his fit uh, on that fourth line. He's not necessarily the most physical player, but I think he makes up for that a little bit more with his size being one of the largest players on the team. He put on some weight. He skates very well, which is really important uh, to be on this fourth line as they kind of uh, are this defense line that goes against a lot of the top lines of opposing teams to keep them uh, out of their defensive zone. So, 
Uh, I like him as an opportunistic scorer and somebody who can take advantage of a quick chance. Uh, and that's exactly what Dowd and Hathaway have proven to do uh, in their short time, the last couple of years, sharing this line together. So I think Protus is a natural fit there. And I'm interested to see how the three of them gel together and how much runway uh, they really get uh, with all these injuries and guys coming back, whether or not Protus gets shuffled around. Yeah, because, I mean, oftentimes when you look at the fourth line, you don't see the fourth line as a line that gets all the production. You just kind of see that as like an AHL or some snarled old vet, something like that. So for the Capitals to continue to get that production from the fourth line is really a bright spot. So, Matt, before I let you go here, why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick, as long as Twitter is uh, still up and going. Uh, but you can check out all of my written work over at NBCSportsWashington.com. All right, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.